Hello, and welcome back to the Keeping It Together podcast. I'm Sabrina. And I'm Alyssa, and welcome to episode 2.15. We are back from vacation. We made it back from Mexico alive and back from a cruise alive. More importantly, it's been a trying time. Yes. (laughs) Yes, it has. I mean, everybody knows the elephant in the room that's going on in the world, but, you know, I'm not going to stop living my life. You know, it's so funny. We went away for one week and I feel like just America caught on fire. Yeah. Literally while we were gone, we had no idea. And the situation wasn't even as bad as what it was. Like our cruise was still happening. Our flight was still happening. And everybody was like, it's going to be fine. And then like four days in, we were like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. But I mean, the cruise ship took great precautions to make sure that we stay clean. Like there were sinks right outside the the buffet hall, literally um, hand sanitizer, sanitizer everywhere. Oh my god! Wow, it was like every five feet. Um, but I don't want to jump too much into it. Um, we're glad we're back from vacation. We're glad with everything going on. Um, but we do have a very special guest today that we're really excited to bring on. He, it's his first appearance on Keeping It Together, and hopefully more to come in the future. Everybody, please welcome my friend Michael Pleak. Hi, how are you? Good, good. How are you, friend? I'm doing great. It's good to be in New York City, and even though it's crazy out there right now, like thank you for having me. Of course, we are so excited to bring you on and talk about a really interesting thing that we have actually never talked about on the show before. Um, we're excited to hear your perspective. We're excited to jump right into things. Um, so let's start off with our first topic, or not even our first topic, our first segment. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking <laughs> at you. I'm looking at you. You asked me to go and turn your mic up. That was me trying to subliminally like, be like, hey, Sabrina, will you intro the next segment so I can fucking use the volume over there to turn it up in your headphones, bitch? Please do the... Do Actually, it. I need you to turn me down. It hurts my eardrums. Oh my god! Okay, how's that now? I that's I believe that's better. I th- I think we're good. I think we're good. All right. Anyways, back to our show. Back to our scheduled programming. What's your struggle? <laughs> Would you like to explain what it is to a new guest? Wow. All right. So Sabrina is clearly struggling hard. What's your struggle? Is our version of your highs and lows, where we're just talking about the lows of your week. It's that one thing that happened during the week. You're like, wow, this sucked. Whatever it can be, it should be the first thing you think of. Very very quick in your head don't put too much thought into it so michael <clears throat> what's your struggle that was so good yeah high five that, that was amazing that was so in sync that was the first time we ever did that that was, that was the was first not time in sync wow i like this you guys are on it today so my struggle this week was definitely just like i don't know like so i went to the grocery store and like i'm a very calm person and so you know it's indiana where i live so it's like really quiet and peaceful for the most part and i go into this grocery store like looking for lysol wipes you know just normal everyday stuff for me right like normal grocery (laughs) shopping yeah like this is not coronavirus like prep this is me just getting my lysol wipes Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like the panic that everyone was in just gave me so much anxiety i was like Mm -hmm. i can't be in the store right now like i gotta go and it's just been a really trying time and like Every time you get on social media, like, mm-hmm. you see it, and it's just – I feel like that, to me, has just been really overwhelming. Yeah, I feel that. I mean, it's like there is hysteria going on in the world. Like, there's a zombie apocalypse happening, and I don't think we're going through a zombie apocalypse, personally. And social media and the news are just not helping anybody try and be 
trying to be calm and centered and at peace and really just trying to live their lives. So I get that. That's crazy. Yeah, it definitely was. There definitely, as you said, was a struggle for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sabrina, what's your struggle? Oh my gosh! So was my... it like two seconds ago when I tried to look at you to intro a segment and you didn't know what to do? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. So my my struggle was getting home yesterday. Um, so originally my flight was out of Florida at like three o'clock mm-hmm. and I mean, we got off the cruise ship at, by like nine o'clock. We're at oh, the yeah. airport by 10 and we ate at a restaurant and everything. So I was supposed to fly in the LaGuardia. Um, but the, but the next flight earlier than three o'clock was 11 AM. And I was like, mm. there's no way I'm going to make that. But I saw there was a flight to JFK that, uh, left at 1215. So I was like, I could get on that one. Well, when I tried to change it at the kiosk, it, like, wouldn't let me. It would only give me the LaGuardia flight because I was supposed to be flying the LaGuardia. Right, right, right. So I was talking to a worker. And keep in mind, this is for Delta. I was talking to a worker. And I asked her, I was like, hey, you know, my flight's at 3. I want to try and get on this 12.15 flight. Like, Mm -hmm. what do I do? She's like, well, you won't be able to get the $75 you would if you just switched to the LaGuardia flight at 11 o'clock. Um, you would have to pay like a minimum, minimum of 200 And I was like, Oof, what? What? So No way. No, no, no. I looked mm-hmm. on my Delta app on my phone and I was able to buy that uh, 12.15 flight for um, 200 Not 200 100 Sorry. Wow. For about 100 Sorry. Um, so yeah, I ended up buying the flight. Still for though, at least it was like the, like it was cheaper than what the change fee would have been. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was that nice middle ground because what they were doing at the airport, since a lot of cruise ships were getting off, um, you know, there was an influx of people trying to drop their bags well, off. Not so even... they weren't, they weren't letting you go back until like, yeah. they weren't, they weren't letting you drop your bag off until two hours before your flight. Not even that, but a lot of cruise lines, Royal Caribbean being one of them, they canceled all of their sailings for 30 days. So there were a lot of people that were in Fort Lauderdale that morning ready to go to the cruise port and get on their cruise. So not only were we getting off the boat, there were people at the airport that were supposed to get on a boat and go on their vacation and they had to find their way back home. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I get I get it. And I'm not complaining about that at all. Like these companies are doing the smart thing. I know Princess Cruise is shut down for 60 days. Royal Caribbean is 30 days. I think Carnival as well. Um, Virgin Voyages pushed back their whole launch, like their whole maiden voyage to August. Um, that's so wild but it, it's, it's but smart but it's so crazy I get it. you know there is that fear of being like trapped on a boat but yeah our experience 100%. on our cruise was not like that at all so anyways um you know if i not to derail <laughs> if i if i wouldn't have um updated my flight i would have had to wait at the front of the airport for like three hours and there was there was like groups of people that's from the airport there was no place to sit i was like i just want to go home like this has just been a mess i just want to get out of here i want to figure out what the hell i'm supposed to do next because it's been a mix of emotions it's been is this serious is it not serious Mm -hmm. how should i be handling this like what should i be doing you know and Mm -hmm. you're feeding off of the energy of other people and the energy of other people saying freak out yeah i mean that's kind of what i was saying too like that's how i was feeling in the grocery store exactly like you are feeding off the energy of other people for mm -hmm, sure mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i feel that it's a crazy time for whatever reason um my struggle has been 
trying to not feed into the negativity because for me, mm-hmm. if I feed into it, I get into an anxious mess. I My anxiety runs high, my depression will run high, and I just don't want that to happen when there are simple things we can do to minimize the situation by washing your hands frequently, using hand sanitizer, you know, practicing the social distancing. If you do feel sick, stay the fuck home. Don't go out and about. Um, right. But if you're healthy, like you, there are things you can do to stay healthy. So for me, it's been really trying to minimize. My struggle has been trying to block out all the noise. I will say on our cruise, what was really cool was that a lot of people weren't feeding into it. Like they weren't feeding into that negativity. Like we'd talk about it for a little bit and then we'd be like, nope, positive vibes only. Well, it was it was kind of like we were in our own little bubble. Yeah, we I was going to say like I feel like the reason that is is because you know, you guys also didn't have like cell service Wi-Fi. You were on media. No. And so media twists there were things like, and There were like yeah. random times we'd see the news because on the cruise ship there were TVs but there was minimal what, what channels you could see and then we would see the news and be like, what the fuck happened? Like I remember seeing that Disney World shut down and I was like, what is happening? Disney World never shuts down. <laughs> no. It, it must be a crisis. That's how I knew it was serious. <laughs> All right. Um, but my, my point being, there's just a lot of mass hysteria going on for something that if people stop the hysteria, we can prevent this. We can make it so we flatten the curve. We can minimize the chances for the immunocompromised to not get sick like we we talked about this earlier it's not necessarily about protecting yourself but protecting the pack yeah and that there's a lot of people who can't afford to be out and about while they're immunocompromised yeah no 100 and i think a lot of times like even before this happened like the positive that's coming out of this is i think our society is learning like we need to stop being so self-centered and like worry about you know, mm-hmm. the well-being of others as well. You have to think about the elderly. You have to think about those who are in hospitals right now and who actually needs care. You can't just run to the emergency room just because you have a cough anymore. Yeah. You need to really make sure you're thinking, um, think you're being a little bit more intelligent with your own physical health right now. This is interesting because I feel like Right now in our society, it's the most selfish it's ever been. Yep. And yeah, right now we're we're forced to be selfless. Yeah. Other people and like. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I saw on Twitter um, earlier today? I was reading this post about how a younger um, male who was super healthy, he was getting ready to go into the grocery store, and this older couple, one of the husband reached. Um, walked up to him and said, I've been waiting for an hour to find someone. My wife and I can't go into the store because my wife is on oxygen tanks and not doing well. And I personally don't want to go in the store because I have trouble walking. I have trouble breathing. Would Could I give you $100 and could you go and get my groceries for me? And this man went and got his groceries for him, packed up his car for him. And he said, it's so sad that this person was waiting for over an hour for someone to come and help him. Because he was wow. too afraid to go into the grocery store because he was immunocompromised. That is wow. so sad. And I've seen multiple stories like this going all over on Instagram and on Twitter. And it's like, now is the time we need to band together as a society and really help and support each other. Mm-hmm. Whether it's doing these acts of kindness, because now they're not random. It's people who actually need this help. Um, and it's also spreading positivity. Like, the more you feed into all this negativity and hysteria... The worse the situation is going to become, not even because of the virus, but because people, like you said, are going to become selfish and not they're not going to practice being selfless. 
Right. And we talked about that a little bit today, too. Like, the more you feed into something, the more you, like, like focus on that, it becomes mm-hmm. true. So if we focus on positivity and helping others, then, you know, it'll be better. Yeah, exactly. That's what it's about, man. Positive vibes only. Positive Period. vibes only. Period. <laughs> uh, before we get down too much of a rabbit hole here, I, I felt like we did need to address the situation at hand because it is... It is all around us, unfortunately. Um, we at Keeping It Together are still going to be functioning. We're still going to be doing our thing. And you guys are going to um, keep it together. We're going to keep it together <laughs> during this whole thing. We got lots of hand sanitizer. We got them Lysol wipes, them Clorox wipes. What a wild time to be alive. We are going to be just fine. Um, so with that being said, um, let's jump into our topic today. Um, so, Michael, you and I have known each other for a few years now. and Tell them um, how you met. We, oh, the best story. Oh, this is a good one. Um, my first week in New York, I was treating my mom to a lot of like Broadway shows and like those um, late night shows. And we got tickets to go see Live with Kelly. And in line, we started talking. And here we are three years later, still friends. Yes. And her mom's amazing, too. And we uh, became friends. So. She's the best. <laughs> um, so that's how we met each other. You were working at Driver here in New York. You were my fabulous hairstylist that I miss. I miss you doing my hair. Oh, I miss you, too. But um, you left New York to go and pursue an incredible dream. Um, and that is teaching. And that's what we're here to talk about today is the education system. And you actually becoming a teacher and... Um, the impact that you're about to make on the education system. You're a year away from graduating. It's which crazy. Is absolutely <laughs> incredible. Um, so let's kind of first start off with tell the listeners about yourself. Um, give us a little bit of a spiel, your elevator pitch on who Michael Pleak is. Okay. Yeah. I mean, in regard to teaching or like just in general? Whatever you want it to be. Whatever. Yeah. Okay, tell us cool. Who, tell us who you are. Okay, cool. So I am Michael Pleak and I'm 26 years old and... I really value vulnerability, authenticity, and Mm -hmm. just being yourself. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes in society, like, we try to compare ourselves so much to other people. And Mm -hmm. I think that it's so important to, like, highlight yourself and love yourself, even Mm -hmm. the bad parts of yourself. Yes. That's so important. So for me, like, I did hair in New York City for two years. And I'm from a very small town, Brazil, Indiana. And it has 8,000 people, mm-hmm. but I came to New York City. I had no job. I had never flown on a plane, like never visited. What? You I had did... never flown on a plane before coming <laughs> no. here before? Oh, my wow. God. So I literally just like came here. and was like, okay, let's do this. And, you know, um, Love that. it that happened. that self-starter attitude. Yeah. And so now I was like, you know, I lived in New York City. I got the experience and I enjoyed my time here mm-hmm. and then decided like, you know, like I, I took some time off from teaching because as we still see today, um, the school shootings was something that I, as a teacher, had to, like, face. Yeah. And when I first got into education, that wasn't something that I originally had thought about six years ago. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't yeah. as prevalent. And so I took a break and then realized, like, no, I really still want to be a teacher and mm-hmm. make an impact despite that. That's awesome. That's yeah. an amazing wow. thing to, like, overcome and to be that champion for people. Um, now wait, small school contest. How many kids were in your graduating class? Ooh, four hundred. <laughs> How many were in yours? Fifty-five. Damn. Baby. Oh, wow. About being from a small town. What about a graduating class of fifty-five? That fifty-five. 50, 50. <laughs> I think mine was like one twenty or one thirty when I graduated. Wow, see both. I know we both had smaller ones. Wow. Interesting. 
so funny. Bizarre. Um, so what made you want to become a teacher? You know, it's such an interesting profession to be like, yes, this is my dream. Like, what was that moment for you? Yeah, of course. So it's so funny because I feel like as an educator, I've been asked this so many times. I'm and sure I... everybody does. <laughs> yeah. Like, why do you want to teach? Um, and I've kind of nailed it down pretty well. So I come from a kind of a crazy family background. Um, I don't speak to my family anymore just for other reasons. Mm-hmm. And um, kind of just on my own, like I have my friends like you and my friend Militia and my Aunt Heather, people that I le- really lean into. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like for me, teaching was um, – I'm a first-generation college student. Mm-hmm. And so my whole life, a lot of my family has done, like, done drugs and not went mm-hmm. to college, like not took that path. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to be different and to try to change my life. For me. Wow. That's and so amazing. the reason I want to teach is I know there's a lot of kids out there, um, especially being a part of the LGBTQ plus community that um, needs someone to look up to. So I want to be able to show them like, hey, like if you're from a small town, like you don't have to be stuck. Like you can still make it. It's really hard. But yeah. just because you're dealt with bad cards in your life doesn't mean you have to keep those. Like you can change your destiny. That's and, that, and that's why I want to teach. Like that's my ultimate my goal. Oh my wow. God, my heart. That's I didn't know so we were going to go this deep. <laughs> oh my goodness. I've nailed that down. That's pretty that's much amazing. my reason. That's, that's the best reason to become a teacher is to be that champion and that role model for people. Because I know for at least myself, a lot of teachers that I had in high school and in middle school were my role models and mm-hmm. are still people who I look up to this day, who when I go back home and I see them back home, it is such a cool moment. And I literally get to tell them, you were the reason that I did X, Y, and Z. Like for me, my Spanish teacher in high school was the reason I went and got a Spanish degree and was the reason I lived in Peru and the reason that I found a job where I can use my Spanish skills and I can be bilingual and I can be a part of that community because of him. Which Mm -hmm. is so important. And I think that's another reason I want to teach too is there's so many different diverse cultures and I just feel like oftentimes in education, um, there's a lot of privilege that a lot of people don't know they have. And so I, I really want to be there for, you know, the Latinx community, the LGBTQ plus community, yeah. like the African-American community. Like, I just want to show all these different types of groups. Like, you know, we, we may not – we might be underrepresented, but we can still – come out on top if we like really put our mind to it yeah that's the best thing to do and especially in this day and age right now there is so much shit going on in the world yeah we all need to band together and show people it's possible to rise up from any situation 100 percent. like even if we look at like the political context you know like pete buddha judge was our first lgbtq plus candidate yeah you know, even though he did he like he did drop out but like that was a huge step Mm-hmm. To even getting exposure. And I think that's so important in all the fields. 100%. Yeah. So what do you think of our current education climate? Like you have a lot of goals as mm. to how you want to change it. Yeah. What do you think of it currently? Yeah. So that's that's something that I um, often <laughs> struggle with. Mm. Um, because as a teacher, you know, we do have standards. We have state standards that we, we have to follow. So that basically we know all our students are meeting Mm-hmm. requirements but it's funny because what people don't talk about is oftentimes the state standards are at the end of the year so with standardized testing i'm sure yeah exactly so the thing is is i feel like it's so important like a lot of the times i know teachers that like, get stuck in like i'm gonna teach gaxby and i'm gonna teach like basically all the classics mm-hmm. right like beowulf and like all these classical things which are super important like classical literature is 
it's classical for a reason, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's important. There's some good lessons there. Exactly. However, I do think we need to include, like, young adult literature and more modern literature in there. And the easiest way to do that is, like, add a couple chapters in from the book, incorporate it with Beowulf. Like, use both of those as, like, you know, a – um like a media yeah like different just different media sources you know what i mean a lot of piece of literature that's coming out now is based off of those classics there are a lot of writers now who were inspired by f scott fitzgerald and who were inspired by shakespeare and Mm. these incredible writers that it comes out in their writing style so you can be able to tell them like if you look at this paragraph it's similar to something written by f scott fitzgerald yeah and i think with to answer back to answering your question i think what it is is a lot of times um all teachers are focused on like i'm going to teach you the test but like that's not going to motivate your students and so that's the thing like we need to find something that interests them but still like get the standards in there and like that's really the challenge of teaching and it's like Find ways to connect with your mm-hmm. students. But I think, like, if you have a really good relationship with them, mm-hmm. you know, this professional, but, like, it's still, like, a solid relationship built on trust mm-hmm. in a safe space for them, like, they're going to grow and they're going to yeah. want to learn from you. That's hard to standardize what every kid needs to learn. Yep. Because everybody takes a different path in life. And I feel like everybody yep. feels underprepared for life that and everybody has different learning styles yeah and then also to the things that we should learn like for example um i still don't fully understand like taxes hell no shit like that oh my god and i feel like they need to teach that in school but they don't but let me tell you about the pythagorean theorem let me tell you that the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell (laughs) no right 100 percent. and that's something like even and i'm gonna be honest like even in my college life right like i have a 3.7 gpa i am very focused and driven Mm -hmm. i didn't pass a standardized test by one math question and i had to fight my school to get this test removed because the state of indiana no longer required it but because because i didn't pass one math question for a long time they weren't going to let me start my next part of my degree what yeah that's insane crazy so like even from like a hierarchical standpoint like Mm -hmm. we just need to rethink the standardized testing thing i mean it's not going away but i just think like we have special needs students Mm -hmm. there's there's tons of different types of learning disabilities and we need to include these types of differentiation in Mm -hmm. our classroom that's not just like standardized Mm -hmm. testing because like as you said learning styles like there's multimodal ways of learning and i just Mm -hmm. think that those are so important like as you know, these these students, they're on Facebook, they're on Instagram, they're on mm-hmm. Snapchat, when, as soon as they leave the room. But if you're... Or sometimes in the damn room. Right, exactly. So if you're not including these things, like, in your teaching, and you're just focused on, we're going to read this novel today, it's not going to go over as well. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You're not going to make I, a big no. impact now, on them. Now, out of curiosity, because I'm not familiar with the Indiana education system, I only know Florida, where does that rank amongst the other states? Because I know with Florida, like, Florida's education system is so bad. Like, their public school system is so, so bad. Like, I think we're number 49 or 48 sometimes. I could not tell you what Ohio is. I don't know what Indiana is specifically, but I Mm. do know, like, the school of education. We just got – we moved up 15 ranks at IU to number 26. Okay. So, we have a really good school of education program, and um, I think it's just – it's really changing in – like I said, the standardized test, even though I did go through that, it did get removed. And Which I, I had, my voice helped do that. So that was really cool. And I think that that helped me as a teacher, too, because I'm going to be faced with 
staff and faculty that may not agree with me all the time, but it's mm-hmm. just navigating those waters. And It's how to find that middle ground between both mm-hmm. ends of like, how can we come together to make sure we're giving, we're setting these students up for the most successful future ahead of them? Because it's, I believe it's really true. Your middle school and high school years really set a precedent for how you can go through life. If you can you know, navigate through those challenges. You can navigate through anything. But if there are kids, at least like kids like me, who really, really struggled with testing and mm-hmm. with so many other areas um, of education, it can be it can be a real struggle. Yeah. And as one of my like fellow um, professors, Dr. PC, she mentions all the time, like, we're all in process, mm-hmm. you know, and so that's just and also teaching's not about you. And that's the thing that a lot of teachers don't understand. Like, they think it's about, like, I'm the teacher and you're the student. It's like this power trip. But it's, like, really, Mm -hmm. like, it's about their learning, right? Like, that's it. It's about their success. And middle school, as you said, is such a trying time that you need they need people to be there for them. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Middle school was terrible for me. You're going through puberty. You're trying to figure out who you are. You're trying to figure out mildly what you want to do. Sixth grade, I think, was one of the hardest years of my life. Seventh grade was really rough. Seventh grade was really, really rough. I was, I was like, I was going through all the changes. I was like, that's when I got my first period. That's when I, I got Mm -hmm. it at school. I was terrified. I did not know what to do. Kids tormented me those years. Um, this one girl chased me down and cracked an egg on my head. Oh no. That was the year that somebody undid the screws in my chair because I was a heavier kid. And so when I would sit down, the chair would break. And see, and they did that multiple times. That's another reason I want to teach too. Like I've noticed, oftentimes in schools, like bullying is not taken seriously. No, and I have have a zero. I have a zero tolerance for it. Like you're gonna apologize to that person. Like even if you think it's a joke, it's not a joke. Like bullying Mm -hmm. is serious. I feel like it's getting worse because there's a lot more parents out there that think that don't think that their kids can do any wrong. And there's right. so they also, don't punish them properly. There's also more cyberbullying now. Oh, 100%. oh my god, yeah. It's getting worse and worse and worse. I mean, I just look back on my experience. I was bullied from the time I was in third grade all the time through I was in ninth grade. And those years were really rough. Kids were mean. Kids were really, oh, kids really were mean. So mean on the I internet. used to get like notes slipped in my locker that were like death threats. Wow. That's Dead awful. serious. It was bad. I'm glad I came out on the other side, but it was because I had really good teachers who protected me. And I had minimal friends at school and outside of school, but they were the ones who were there for me. And if I didn't have that support system of teachers who had that zero tolerance policy and who didn't um, and who were going to fight for their kids, I don't know what I where I'd be today. Well, and I think, too, like I'm reading this book right now in one of my classes that talks about bullying. And I think there's this thing like, oh, like bullying. It's so general. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's more it's it's more than just bullying. Like, yes, we need to stop bullying. But like, what's under that? Racism, sexism. Like, there's so many other things. Yep. Why are why are they bullying? Like, we need to figure that out because it's more than just like, oh, he's being a bully. Like, mm-hmm. these are real people, it's and like, it's affecting real lives. You like, know what? Like, why that, are they picking on that kid specifically? Like, what does that say about that other person's character? That makes sense because it's always about somebody who's just different. Yep. 
or like the most different and they want to like pick that person out mm-hmm. yeah and that is discrimination oh layers yeah. layers on layers on layers yes. like a little onion like Peel a little onion so much Peel back layers. <laughs> the bully onion oh my god um well i i think one other thing we wanted to talk about too is you were mentioning especially um how you're going to be impacting a lot of these different communities what do you um, how do you think you'll be able to impact the education system while being in the LGBTQ plus community? Because that's a, Ooh, honey. <laughs> a huge conversation starter now. There are – we were talking about this earlier. There are some schools where if you don't have that um, – what was it? The non-disclosure policy? The non-discrimination disclosure. The, the mm-hmm. non-discri- non-discrimination disclosure that they can fire you for your sexuality. Yep. That is a real thing. Yeah. It's uh... – Mm. that's terrible <laughs> it's a really hard um it's a really hard thing to navigate and honestly back to the book i'm reading it says if you are able to be out and safe in your space your kids are obviously going to feel more safe so i think for me the reality is like you know there is a teacher shortage and mm-hmm. first year teachers the first mistake that they make is like oh i'm going to take that first job but like there's so many schools out there Look around. Find one that works for you. So for me, like, that's mm-hmm. what exactly what I'm, I'm just going to have to find my fit. Yeah. You know? And as far as being a part of the LGBTQ plus community, like, I am going to protect my community, like, mm-hmm. pretty much at all cost. But, I mean, just last week at my field experience, I mean, I know someone who – a teacher whose life was threatened for being gay. Like, a student told him that he was going to kill him. And all the administration did was make him write an apology letter. Didn't suspend the student. Nothing. Wow. That's messed up. That's so messed up on so many levels. Wow. Yeah. There's there's a lot of responsibility on the school themselves for how they handle bullying. Mm-hmm. It or should be. It, it doesn't change. It doesn't. If you are not showing these kids that we don't tolerate it, they're just going to continue doing it. Right. Exactly. And it's so, so messed up. Yeah. So, I mean, I just hope. You know, I think what it is is like people really just need to let everyone live their own life. Yep. And really calm down. Like honestly, you need to calm on, down. Honestly, period. There are there are worse things to be worrying about in our world right now. Right. I mean, hell, we already talked about it. But then there's also wars. There's the economy. There's all these other factors in our lives. Why are we so concerned about how other people live? No, their lives? and you make yes. a solid point. And something I just literally thought about is like speaking of the coronavirus. Like you know, we have talked about it. Does that affect race specifically? Does that affect gender? No, nope. it literally affects everyone. So, like, why can't we just live every day like that? Everyone should live their own lives no matter what. Yep. Like, I have always – I'm a huge supporter of every single one of these communities that we've talked about. Um, but I'm also a huge supporter of tolerance to those who feel like their values don't align with somebody else's you don't have to convince somebody else to have the same values of you and you don't have to necessarily like it but you have to be tolerant of it because that's the way societies can coexist with each other 100 more than likely it's never going to impact your own personal life with somebody else's choices i remember this was a whole thing um when people were trying to fight for transgender bathrooms and for gender neutral bathrooms I looked at it as, you know what? This person's going to feel safe and respected and feel mm-hmm. empowered to choose the room that they want to choose. It has no effect on me. It has no effect on me. Exactly. I wholeheartedly support it because that's going to give somebody the confidence they need to really be themselves. Right. And I remember people would um, attack people in bathrooms 
they literally were attacking others in bathrooms. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's so messed that's up. That's so messed up. So messed up, On yeah. so many levels. And that's when I got really involved with social activism when it came for that because it was something that just really boggled my mind of like, why would you want to attack somebody for going to the bathroom? And that, I think, goes back to part of loving yourself, too. Like, we all want to feel confident. You know what I mean? And we all want to feel, like, safe in our own skin and our mm-hmm. own space. So I just think that... You know, like, yeah, you, sh- you don't have to agree with the way someone lives, but I do think you should, like, respect them as a person. Yep. Yeah. Respect you know I mean? them for living their life Be because th- it's never going to um, negatively impact your life by respecting somebody else's life. Exactly. Oh, my God. Retweet. Retweet. <laughs> um, another thing that we were kind of talking about before the recording that I really think would be interesting to talk about is that, you know, I even mentioned it earlier a lot of kids look up to teachers as their role models and their life role models. Um, is that something you think about? Is that something you stress about that you're going to be a role model to kids eventually? Oh, of course. I mean, <laughs> of, of course. Yes. Yeah. Most definitely. Every day. No, I definitely reflect constantly on me being a role model. And obviously I have my own role models. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Taylor Swift, shout out to her because she is my favorite role model. Oh, we know, boo. Oh, oh we, we know. know. <laughs> sometimes sometimes you post something on Instagram and for like a minute I think it's her actual account. I'm like, oh, no, it's not. It's Michael. <laughs> I know it is. And I'm like, damn, I see you. I see you. No, her and Selena Gomez both. And I love they're both friends. They're so – you know what it is? They're just so authentically themselves and mm-hmm. they, they don't give no – fucks about anybody like mm-hmm. they just don't care mm-hmm. and it's i think that's such a vulnerable and amazing thing yeah. so as a role model like that's what i want to do i mean vulnerability yeah. is so beautiful and i think sometimes people think it's scary but it's something you should embrace like it's hard but you should do it i think it's a it's it can be a scary thing because you really have to show your full self it's you without your walls without um without having to protect yourself from getting hurt and mm-hmm. in reality you're always going to get hurt, whether you are vulnerable or not vulnerable. Right. It's better to be your authentic self and true to who you are rather than be someone you're not. Because mm-hmm. honestly, you're you're just happier when you are yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's, it's easier to live. You can yeah. breathe. Exactly. I, I remember I had an English teacher who I absolutely adore. Her name is Mary Dakin. She was my high school English teacher. And the one thing that I loved about her the most was she didn't give no fucks about anybody or anything. And she was authentically herself every single day, no matter what. She would she was just so intelligent. She was my um English literature teacher, my British literature teacher. Oh, awesome. Um, and just a person who really tried to show you what it's like to be yourself without boundaries and be your authentic self. And be vulnerable at the same time and also be a badass at the same time. Yeah. And just somebody who empowered you to be better. That's how I feel about my professor, Dr. PC. She is just – she's actually retiring this semester, but she is just so um, inspiring. She has so much wisdom Mm -hmm. and she's also an African-American woman. So she's like amazing. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. she just – she's so wise and she makes you really like think about – things you do and you're like yeah. wow like i didn't think about that perspective and it just makes you be like okay mm-hmm. it's like this magical feeling that she has over you you're like oh okay yeah. <laughs> man you. the teacher that had that like a magical feeling over me and actually was a big inspiration for me to even be in love with fitness how i am mm-hmm. 
Well, he was he was my teacher, but he was also my coach, mm-hmm. which explains the fitness part. But who he just was, he was a very um, Catholic man. He has like eleven children. Wow! Wow! <laughs> wow. I feel bad for children. Ever birthed those children and um, cleaning that house. Um, <laughs> but like, babies. you know, and of course, like there were things that he didn't agree with with how people live their lives. But at the end of the day, he was just kind to people. And he was just a true testament that, yeah, you can believe a certain thing, but mm-hmm. just being nice to somebody, you can make their whole day. Like, it was a magical feeling to have that man cheer you on and let you know, yep. like, hey, you can make it. You can get to the finish like, line. you can do this. Like, he's just a pure human. And, yeah, like, mm-hmm. like he like he gave me shit when I had blue hair. No way. Yeah, when I when oh I, when I, when I, went, <laughs> when I went back to run with the team, because he, he would let you do that um, if you graduated – um, you're more than welcome to come back for like a practice and kind of mm-hmm. like um, inspire the kids and stuff like that. Inspire the yeah. Kids. So I so I would go whenever I came home from college or New York and stuff like that if it worked in the schedule. And I remember I showed up with blue hair and he was like, "Glunt, what is this? Oh, <laughs> oh look at that! He called you out. He saw you that shit. He he saw my tattoos. Like I could tell inside he was like, "What's no. this girl doing?" But he still showed me the same oh exact God. amount of love that he showed back which is amazing that's how i feel with my um my last figure skating coach um it is actually a kit og's mom uh aubrey brown has been on the show a few times and her mom aubrey if you're listening girl she's listening kathy brown i tell her this all the time to both her and her mom how much her mom changed my life that's Um, amazing i I was her student for like five or six years um so it's towards the end of my figure skating career while i was still living in fort myers and she was just somebody who she did everything she possibly could to make you get that jump, get that footwork move, get that spin, um, and was just someone who cheered you on no matter what and made sure that your programs fit your personality. She didn't give you the cookie-cutter music or those cookie-cutter footwork moves on the ice. Like She made sure that you were an individual, and that was so important to me because I was the bigger figure skater out of all the other girls. I was the figure skater who... I wasn't at the highest of levels and nor did I want to be. I wanted to be unique and different and show who I was on the ice. And she reminded me that every single day was that you can be exactly who you want to be. And even though there's going to be judges out there judging you for your moves and your spins and your footwork, you can still go out there and skate the best damn program of your life. And that's what anybody's going to judge you for. And that's going to get you the most points in the world of just being yourself. Wow. wow. I, that is so good. I remember like this moment. It was right before I was getting ready to qualify for National Showcase, which is Nationals. Um, it's within U.S. figure skating, but it's on the more entertainment side of figure skating. And I actually had to take a test to level up in my free skate. I was leveling up to juvenile and I needed to land an axle. It is the hardest jump in figure skating. It's um, a single axle is one and a half rotations. Typically, um, jumps are only like one rotation, two rotations, three rotations, singles, doubles, and triples. And they're all um, taken from a backwards um, entry and they land backwards. Well, an axle, you have a forwards entry and you have to land backwards. So you're literally changing your body in the oh, air. Yeah, that's okay. wild. It's really difficult. It took me seven years to get that damn jump. Seven fucking years. But you know what? You did and it. I wow. On the ice, she looked at me. She's never been mean before, ever yelled at me. She looked at me and she was like, Alyssa, if you don't get this jump, 
you can't go to nationals and you are not who you said you were when we started coaching together. You told me you wanted to land an axle. I told you I was going to teach you an axle. So go out there and land that axle and show me who you are. And I went and landed that axle immediately. Ah, I, I love that. Immediately. <laughs> That's like what happens in the movies. My mom was walking in when it happened and she like ran up to the glass because it was a really cool moment of just like I've yeah. been working on it through so many other coaches and she was the only one who got me to just get out of my head and land that damn She job. was your critical friend. We talk about that a lot in school and yes, education. Yes, yes. She was your critical friend. She was. She was such a role model for me and still is. She's a beautiful person inside and out. She sure is. That Robin. Shout out to oh, her. Not Robin. Aubrey. Sorry. Robin was in the story. Robin was in the story. <laughs> Kathy. Listen, y'all. I just got back from vacation. My mind is still like trying to hop back in. I know. To I real know. life. But yeah. I feel that, yo. Um, well, before we have to <laughs> close out um, this week's episode, we have our final segment. Um, we do this on every show. This is something yes. we started for season two. Um, I say it every week when we have a guest on, but I think it's important to note we wanted to find a way to route us back to why we became keeping it together, why mm-hmm. we wanted to start a show in general. So this is the segment we like to call, how do you keep it together? Um, what this segment is supposed to do is again, similar to our first segment, shouldn't be very you shouldn't put too much thought into this like the first thing that comes to mind Mm -hmm. through all the ups and downs in life what is the thing that helps you keep it together that helps you be who you are and be your authentic self as you said so michael how do you keep it together okay so this is super easy not much thought you this is no surprise surprise. taylor swift Mm -hmm. because i mean i don't know it's just her music every time i'm down just give me a good taylor swift anthem and i am I'm back up. What is like the the reason behind it? Like, what do you think is that connection to to that specific artist? Like, she's yeah. the reason that I can be brought up from the lowest of my lows. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think it just goes to like it's actually started when I came out when I was nineteen during the, her red era, mm. and so I think a Great lot of album, it. By the way, Great. red so, is my favorite Taylor Swift. So album. good, such a good album. So good. I think it's just like the way that she writes. She and the events that have happened in my life it's almost like we're on the same wavelength um like yeah. even when you need to calm down came out some drama went down with my adopted mom who i no longer talk to um and she just that song just did justice you know you know what she's always been that kind of artist i feel like from the time she came out with taylor her first album um everybody was able to relate to her yeah mm-hmm. she is just that crafty of a songwriter yeah yeah it's amazing i think like any song you turn on by her you're like yeah i feel this <laughs> you're like i know exactly these are my emotions what's going on and there's not a lot of artists out there like that that's the thing yeah. it's really hard like some music's like has a good beat but for me it's all about the lyrical content you know mm-hmm. i think words yes. have power which is also goes into my teaching like english teaching yeah you know? that's so is wow wow you could probably do like taylor swift lessons in the classroom oh, girl i already segment. have some planned don't oh! worry <laughs> That song playing in the background when he pulls up a lesson. No, when his it. students are acting up, you need to calm down. Period. I think, Period. Yeah. I think right now, more than ever, is a very important time for people to find something that does keep them together. And calm. I know, I know, I know we already <laughs> talked about it, but I, I think true. this would be a perfect time in our show to talk about it. I think to so, have too. Something. This is the time everybody needs to practice self-care and find mm-hmm. ways oh, to yeah. center themselves, whether that is through music, through at-home workouts meditation meditation calling an old friend you haven't talked to in a while i think i think it's important to note that this whole self-quarantine 
it is it i know a lot of people are kind of annoyed with it and don't want to do it that's how i was at first too this i was so annoyed this this was nature's way of forcing us to slow the fuck down right because we i we live in a society where we are expected to be here and there and there all at the same exact time and that's stressful and that breaks us down which mm-hmm. now now we we can just be in one place at one time and just disconnect from it all and, and you get to sit with yourself and you get to mm-hmm. realize who you truly are i think it's a great thing and that's yeah. a big thing too a lot of people don't like to be at home alone with their thoughts but i tell everybody do it because you can really tackle a lot of your fears and your own anxieties by sitting there and really putting it on paper talk to yourself out loud about it put it out in there and really understand what is making you scared what is making you anxious what is making you afraid to do something that you always have wanted to do but can't do it now yeah this is a really great time to become creative yeah and let your emotions out yeah read a book Mm -hmm. find new ways to be creative paint draw like do something that is out of what you would normally do now I, I think what's interesting about New York, specifically back to your point about slowing down, is we are such a go, go, go city. Mm-hmm. Oh, Everybody yeah. <laughs> knows New York. The New York minute moves a mile a minute. And I think as New Yorkers, it will be really interesting to see how the city handles this. Because um, we, it, it's just going to be such a big change. I mean, we had to walk through Times Square on the way here and it was dead empty on the streets oh yeah like when i lived here i couldn't even empty. walk through times square no. are you kidding i get hit every second it now it's rough. like free like we when just we, walk right down here <laughs> when we were coming from the airport i even mentioned this um to my boyfriend like wow this is the quickest cab ride i've ever had from jfk oh my god it was so quick we and live like, about 20 miles from jfk too and like on a normal busy time it would take it would take 45 minutes by yeah. car that's wild i think i got home in maybe 25 30 minutes Damn. oh my gosh and like the taxi drivers and the uber drivers were being vultures like they weren't seeing anybody my cab driver hadn't seen anybody for like six hours it's yeah. wild this is the time if there are small businesses open support your small businesses support those who are online business owners and entrepreneurs because we're about to take a real hit to the service industry to the travel industry to anybody who's a small business owner mm-hmm. it is now is the time for us to band together and support each other yeah 100%. oh my god mm-hmm. keep keep Preach, your eye out for your service industry friends because we struggling if, if anybody, we if, if we don't work we don't get paid so pray for us anybody is a podcaster and needs a studio please support gotham with all costs this studio is our home they are the mm-hmm. reason we can even have a podcast and I'm so thankful that they are remaining open for us to record. They're doing virtual recordings. They're doing studio recordings. They are being so cleanly in everything. And if you are in New York and you are a podcaster or looking for a place to record an audiobook, a radio show, whatever, please, please find Gotham. And you can find them at Gotham Podcast Studios online at Google and on Yelp. <laughs> I love that. Look at that little <laughs> plug there. That was not a paid advertisement. That was not paid advertising. This was not an ad. <laughs> this was not an ad. And it's just because I love them and I love these people. Um, but we're about to run out of time here in the studio. Yeah. So, Michael, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure to talk about you and your journey and how you're about to literally impact the entire education system as a whole. Thank yes. you for having me. It's been a pleasure to have you at our apartment. 
Oh, yes, it has. Thank you. You oh, it's like yeah, we, you. we got like a fourth roommate. It's it's really cute. I, I know. It's, it's so been great. so fun. All right. Well, guys, once again, my name is Alyssa. I'm Sabrina. And I'm Michael. Thanks for keeping it together with us this week. And we'll see you back next week for episode 2.16. Thanks, guys. Stay healthy. Keeping it together. I'm sure it's worth